Marco said. If you already have a Hewlett Aldershot and a Hewlett Aldershot Jr., what kind of parent is going to go in and inflict that name on a third kid? He must have gotten beaten up after school every single day of his life. It was the next day. Marco, Rachel, and I were on the edge of a third-story window. We were in Seagull Morph. According to my human friends, seagulls are like pigeons. They can go anywhere without looking suspicious. I am sure they are right, although I have no idea what a pigeon is, nor can I imagine what a suspicious bird might be. I'm just saying, for all we know, Chapman just ran this guy down because he couldn't stand the name. Rachel sighed. Why does Jake make me go on missions with you, Marco? What? I shouldn't talk? I shouldn't make conversation? We've been hanging around on this stupid ledge for an hour and a half. Me, you, and Axe. Just an hour and a half? Rachel said. Funny. It seems so much longer. The time when you're talking just drags on and on and on, Marco. On and on and... Very funny. Actually, it has only been one of your hours and 18 minutes, I said helpfully. One of our hours, Marco said. You know, they really are your hours now, too. This is Earth. You're stuck here. Go ahead and set your watch to local time. Marco was bored. We all were. But Marco gets snappish when he's bored. We were on the sill outside the private hospital room of Hilbert Aldershot III. This was our second shift on the windowsill. We'd done a shift earlier in the morning, waiting for close to the two-hour limit. Then Prince Jake and Cassie had taken a turn. Then it was back to us. This is so totally not what I wanted to be doing on a beautiful Saturday, with major sales on at Express and Old Navy. Rachel complained. It's my turn to go fly around. Be right back. She flopped away, leaving me and Marco. We fluttered our wings a little, and jerked our heads, and marched back and forth on the stone sill. We were trying to act like seagulls. That's why Rachel had to fly off. It was the right thing for a seagull to do. Is there something unusual about the name Hewlett Alder Look? I said, interrupting myself. A new human is entering the room, and I believe he is familiar. Rachel! Marco yelled in thought speak. Go find Jake and Cassie and Tobias. We have company. Who? Visser 3 in his human morph, I said. The abomination. Seagulls have eyes on the sides of their heads. So I turned one eye to stare in through the window. Yes, it was him. Visser 3, leader of the invasion of Earth. Visser 3 is, of course, the only Yurk ever to successfully seize and infest an Andalite body. When he took that body, he also got the Andalite morphing power that went with it. So only Visser 3 
among all the Yurks in the universe, has the power to morph. I felt the slow rage I always feel on seeing the foul creature, my brother's murderer. Once I came close to avenging my brother. Once I almost destroyed Visser Three. But in the end, I failed, and he still lives. The next time, there will be no mistakes. Whoa, Visser Three and Inhuman Morph, Marco said nervously. Definitely something major going on. Two human doctors came into the room. They spoke to the Visser. They spoke respectfully, fearfully, shaking. I could not hear them through the glass, but clearly they knew who and what Visser Three was. Visser Three began to demorph, to return to Andalite form. From the human head, the twin stalk eyes appeared. From the human chest, the front two legs began to grow. From the base of the human spine, the long, swift, dangerous Andalite tail began to extend. To my left, a swift flash of brown and tan with a hint of red. Tobias swooping past. I kept my other eye focused through the glass. The blue and tan fur rippled across the formerly human skin. Visser Three was on all four legs now, tail cocked and ready. He is very sure he's safe in this place, I said. Otherwise, he would never demorph like this. The doctors aren't too happy, though, Marco observed. The doctors were shaking. Obviously, something was wrong. Then, in a flash, Visser Three pressed his tail against one doctor's throat. One twitch would send the doctor's head rolling across the floor. Now that he was back in his indolent body, we could hear Visser Three's unguarded thought speak. I gave orders that this human be cured. He raged. There is no point placing one of our people in his head if he is unable to move. The doctor said something, something very respectful, very careful. I don't care about his brainstem. I want him repaired. Do you have any idea how useful this human would be to us? He is the number two man in the organization that guards their president. He would have access to half the secrets on this planet. That's why I arranged for him to be injured and brought here. Prince Jake and Cassie flew by, both in seal morph. What's up? Prince Jake asked. Visser three, Prince Jake. Don't call me Prince. Yeah, I hear his thought speak. I meant, what do you see? The Visser is busy terrorizing a pair of human controller doctors. I said. Just then, Visser three withdrew his tail blade. The doctor collapsed and fell to his knees on the floor. His fellow doctor looked at him with pity, but made no move to help him. You leave me with no choice. If I can't use this creature as a host, I'll have to acquire him and morph him. I can't spend all my time in his form. I can't live his life. But using him, I can get close to his superior. I can use this morph to seize her instead. The doctor, who was still standing, spoke. He smiled. He looked encouraging and enthusiastic. The visor flicked his tail, hit the doctor with the flat of the blade, and knocked him across the room. Don't tell me it's all worked out for the best. Visser Three sneered. 
I still want this human repaired. That's the only reason I let you live. Three days from now, this human will be well. Or the two of you will be very, very, very sick. Then, one stock eye turned to stare directly at me. The second stock eye followed. And I began to have a very bad feeling. Chapter 4 Visser 3 moved away, out of sight. Was he eyeballing us? Moko asked. Then he answered his own question. He was eyeballing us. Prince Jake, I said in thought speak, only my friends could hear. What should we do? What's happened? Prince Jake asked. He eyeballed us. That's what happened, Marco said. The visor has moved out of our sight, I said. Okay. Look, he may suspect you're not real seagulls, Prince Jake said. So don't behave suspiciously, or like you noticed him. One of you fly off. The other one wait a few seconds, then fly off. Like normal, crash! The glass window exploded outward as something came blasting out through it. Marco was knocked from the sill and went tumbling out of control toward the ground. I was too shocked to react at first. Then I saw what had come bursting through the window. A kafit bird. A six-winged kafit bird. It had to be Visser 3 in morph. But how? Impossible! I cried in total shock. The kafit bird only lives in one place in the universe. The Andalite homeworld. The kafit shook off the glass shards and bent sharply back towards me. Its razor-sharp killing beak was aimed at me like a missile. I dropped from the sill, wings folded. The deadly beak missed me by a feather. I opened my wings, caught air, and flopped hard. The kafit was on me. The six wings gave it terrific speed. Axe, what is that thing? Cassie cried. I didn't have time to answer. My human friends didn't understand. The kafit lives by spearing tree-living creatures. It is fast, accurate, and deadly to small creatures. And at that moment, I was a small creature. Everyone on that bird! Prince Jake roared. He can't take all of us! Tobias, where are you? Too far away! Tobias said grimly. I turned my head to look for the kafit. Stupid! My head acted like a rudder and made me turn. Right into the path of the kafit. I flapped wildly, crazily, too slow. The kafit's beak sliced through the underside of my wing. Ah! I yelled. I turned and flew in abject panic. I flopped my wings and skimmed twenty feet above the ground. I knew the kafit was faster. Was it more agile, too? But part of my mind just kept saying, How? 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 How had Visser 3 acquired the DNA of a kafit bird? Had the abomination actually set foot on Andalite grass? I was flying over a major street now. What the humans call fast food restaurants were below me. The Visser was inches behind me. He'd have me in three, two. I flared, killed my speed, twisted my tail and head to shoot me sideways, and the kafit bird blew past. He was faster. I could outturn him.
but only when I had the benefit of surprise. How many more times could I trick him that way? A nice maneuver, Andalite, the visitor said, his thought speak suddenly in my head. Why not try it again? I was almost angry enough to answer. But of course, Visitor 3 could not be sure I was an Andalite in Morph. He was guessing. If I remained silent, he might decide I was just an innocent Zeagle who happened to be on the sill. I saw Prince Jake and the others racing to catch up. Prince Jake, do not help me. If you help me, he'll know for sure that we are not just birds. Stop trying to be a hero, Prince Jake said. Tobias! I'm doing the best I can! I got dead air here! Tobias yelled. I caught a flash of the big red-tailed hawk laboring to get altitude for a killing dive. But he was no more than ten feet above me and too far off to decide to help. I was on my own. Fine, so much the better, I said to myself, trying to sound braver than I felt. I flapped madly toward a large golden sign in the shape of two conjoined arches. Let's see how fast the Kafita bird can turn. I aimed straight for the hole in one arch, shot through it, and instantly turned. Visser 3 rocketed past, outside the arch, and turned to come back toward me. But now I reversed and went back through the second arch. The Kafita bird was after me, but now his greater speed was useless, and his broad wingspan made it tough to fit through the arches. Visser 3 circled at blazing speed, but I threaded my way again and again through the arches. Good job, Axeman! Tobias cried. Hang in there! I have him in my sights! Humans were gathering beneath us, gaping up at the bizarre spectacle. Hey, that bird has too many wings! One yelled. Must be a mutant bird! Go, Seagull! Go! Whap! My wingtip cut the edge of an arch. I stuttered through the air. I missed my turn. Ah! The razor-sharp beak cut an inch from my wingtip. I fell. I hit the black roof of the fast-food restaurant. I staggered and hopped into a narrow space between two large, loud cooling fans. I saw the visor swoop by low overhead, and I knew he had landed on the roof, too. I began to demorph as fast as I could. The roof was surrounded by a raised wall. The humans on the ground could not see us. And once I was indolent again, the bird would pose no more threat. From my talons, hooves began to grow. My tail feathers melted together and formed the beginnings of my tail blade. But as I grew, the space became tight. I was wedged in between the cooling units, with fans blessing me with greasy smells. I forced my way out, half andalite, half bird, staggering on misshapen legs out into the open center of the roof. And there, I saw him. Like me, he was demorphing. Like me, he was part bird, part andalite. But this was no true andalite. Give yourself up, andalite, the visor sneered. And I may even let you live. Let's see how good you are, tail to tail, I said, once more trying to sound far more confident than I was. His tail emerged. My tail emerged. And we stood, seemingly two antelites, preparing for a battle to the death. I looked into the eyes of the abomination. 
And there, I saw evil. And then, I saw something that made my heart sleep. Because, I also saw fear. Chapter 5 It had been a very long time since any Andalites fought tail to tail, except as part of military training, or as a sport. And this was no sport. There, amid the blowing fans and the smell of grease and fried meat, Visser Three and I stood face to face. Two seagulls fluttered down to land, then two more. My stock eye noted the predator's outline of a hawk on the wing overhead. Let's demorph, Rachel said, directing her thought speak to include me. I hoped she'd remember not to let Visser Three hear it. Humans sometimes forget that Thoughtspeak can be targeted to everyone or just a list of people. We can't demorph, Jake said to me. We'd have to pass through our human forms first. We can't demorph unless we are absolutely sure Visitor 3 is not going to walk away from this. If we demorph, he won't walk away, Rachel said grimly. I kept my eyes trained on the Visser. My tail was on a hair trigger. The slightest movement, and I would strike. I said, Prince Jake, we can't take the chance. If he ever learns you are humans, your lives will be worthless. I can avenge Alfangor alone. This isn't the place, Cassie said reasonably. People down below saw a six-winged bird come up here. Someone is probably on their way. I barely heard her. The visor was edging sideways looking for an opening. I arched my tailblade high, ready to block his attack. Ox, can you back off without getting hurt? Prince Jake asked. Cassie's right. We don't want this fight here. Part of me wanted to say, yes, yes, we can let the Visser escape. He was bigger than I. His tail would have a half-foot advantage in reach. He was taller, which made it easier for him to strike my eyes. My head. But another part of me had seen the look of fear in the visor's eyes. He'd realized he was in a trap. He'd realized he was facing a battle to the death, where the odds were not at all that favorable to him. I wanted to see more of that fear from him. I wanted to see the terror as I pressed my tailblade against his throat and said, This is for my brother. Sudden movement. I struck. My tailblade missed its target but slashed the abomination across his shoulder. In the confusion, I didn't understand at first. Everything happened at once. His sudden movement, my strike, and then the graceful flight as his leap took him over the wall. He fell from sight. I ran to the edge and craned to look over. A human girl below was crying. I swear, I swear I saw a blue horse jump off the roof. You're crazy. Where'd it land then? Her friend said. I could see where he'd landed. In a large square trash bin. In the dumpster, the first girl said. I glared down at the visor. His rear leg was broken from the fall. He was morphing to human as fast as he could. He looked up at me with eyes blazing hatred. I wanted to say something. I wanted to shout some threat. Make some dire promise. But all I did was stare eye to eye with Visser Three. And then, 
as his human mouth appeared. He sneered. Come on, Ox, Prince Jake said. We're done here. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, not too much to say here, other than I've been guesting on things again, so be sure to check those out. I was on a recently mentioned Femme de Tale, a lovely Australian podcast. Uh, I believe that episode is coming out around American Thanksgiving. Um, we, we just talked, and they told me a bunch of things about Australia, some of which was not true, and I learned a lot about Australia, which... Sounds like a terrifying place full of silly people. And it was a lot of fun, uh, so be sure to check that out. I also was uh, on friend of the show and uh, co-host of my other podcast, Jesse's Alphabet Flights, which is uh, about Marvel superheroes. Uh, I did three episodes with them. It was super, super fun. Uh Devil Dinosaur, I think, was one of them. Then uh, Dr. Bong and Dr. Doom 2. So, uh, a really fun run of very goofy comic book characters that I had a lot of fun talking about. I don't know when those are coming out, but keep an eye out. And, uh, yeah, check it out. As long as we're talking about things to check out, be sure to check out my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's theapodcalypse.com. It's like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle, where you can find things such as my other podcast, uh, Into the Badlands, uh, or Into the Radlands, sorry, is I guess the official title still. Um, but we're doing, it's a rewatch podcast and we're rewatching Riverdale right now. And it's a great time because Riverdale is a dumpster fire. <laughs> Um, if you use Apple Podcasts, of course, uh, be sure to leave me a rating and review if you want to, as I understand that that makes my podcast more visible to other people who browse for podcasts, I guess. Um, I've never listened to a podcast outside of what I hear about word of mouth, but I'm sure some people use the algorithm to figure it out, and those people rely on you rating and reviewing this podcast. Uh, you can also just tell a friend about it. As I said, word of mouth is my preferred way of learning about podcasts. If you'd like to write into me um, with a question or comment or a story or a song or, you know, a cool picture you drew, uh, you can do all of that at uh, the aforementioned theapodcalypse.com as well as audiomorphscast at gmail.com and audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Um, and then once again, I'd like to remind everyone that I will probably... Uh, 99% not, not be putting up an episode, uh, next week. Um, cause it's American Thanksgiving and I don't work on American Thanksgiving on anything. So, uh, I'll see you the week after that and we'll just keep on trucking. My name is Daniel and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>